0: The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com.
1: Hey, uh, sorry I'm late. You lied to us. And you made us into your alibis. That's playing us against each other and that's not fair. You're both scheduling me 24 hours a day, which in the two of you, that's 48 hours. I just want to be able to make a few decisions on my own. I don't need this much active parenting. You can't babysit me all the time. I need you to back off a little. Now, for many students heading off to college, it's their first time getting a taste of living apart from their parents. You might remember your own experiences of leaving home for the first time, what that was like for you. What happens when a parent doesn't let go? Or what happens if you're not going off to college, but your husband won't let you do anything you want to do? Or, a boss won't let you expand, won't let you act on new ideas. What You'll be surprised that some of the principles are the same in all these situations. How important is your own psychological independence? With me today to take a closer look at psychological independence is Dr. John Lewis. He's, he received his Ph.D. in classics from the University of Cambridge in England, and he is now an assistant professor of history at Ash. University, and his specialty is classical Greece. Hey, Dr. Lewis, welcome to the show.
0: How are you, Dr. Kenner? Thanks for having me on.
1: Great. Now, you're a professor, and I've taught at the university, too. Tell me a little bit about what you've observed with students heading off for college for the first time.
0: Well, um, this is often their first time away from home. And, of course, some do very, very well at this new adventure for them, and uh, some do not do so well. And, um, it, it's um, in, the, in the people I observe. Independence is a major issue. Um, there's there's a, you know an old Greek story about this that says that if if a child is kept under uh, lock and key by his parents, where every move is controlled, as soon as he gets his first chance at being independent, he will go off and go crazy. Basically, he partying rebels. partying all night. He rebels and he parties all night. And uh, instead of being, if he's a, if his father is a uh, penny pincher he becomes a spendthrift and a gambler and et cetera. And sometimes that happens. And in other cases, of course, um, a a child who really, and I consider a university student to be an adult now, the young adult goes away for the first time and can often become very reclusive and uh, basically end up calling home a lot and being unable to cut ties back with the parents.
1: So that might be a child who says, "Hey, hey Ma, what classes should I take? Mom, well, that's right. I'm sending you the book so you can look at it and choose for me because I don't know. There's so many of them here.
0: Well, more than the classes. I mean, the classes are, are a short-term thing. You know, if a child, if a student takes classes, that's ultimately uh, uh, in the long run of of life. Um, something that can be overcome. But how about the choice of a career? I have students who just don't know what they want to do for their career. And they'll come in and say, well, I talked to my parents and, you know, they told me that uh, psychology is a good career. I can get, you know, a a degree in psychology or I should be a teacher.
1: So it's not their own independent judgment. It's either I should be a teacher. It's coming from some external source Mm -hmm. or it's what a parent says and they're just parenting it and on a treadmill in life.
0: In some cases, and of course, not all students are like this. But, but we're talking about the ones who are have problems with independence. You know, I have this um, uh, idea. I think that that the parents sometimes unwittingly push the, push their. Uh, Uh, push the student in this direction the student may want to cut loose but is unable to do so because the parent won't let him and often this is not a uh, an attempt to be malicious by the parent but just an unwillingness by the parent to let go and sometimes a case where the parent just tries to do too much for the child.
1: Can you give an example of that? Well
0: yes I mean I I had an interview over the summer where a uh, young woman came in, a, a freshman student to be, with her mother, and sat across the desk from me. From a brief interview, she was just there for information, and the the student never said a word. The mother answered all the questions and brought everything up. Now, were you, know, you
1: what, asking the mother the oh, questions? I
0: was staring directly at the student, and I, and I stuck my hand out and shook her hand first, and introduced myself, and I'd say, so what? Uh, so what do you? You know what do you um. Want to do here at the university, and I'd be looking at the student, and the mother jumped in and said she wants to do this, she wants to do that, you know, and and literally the student did not say a word, and I didn't take my eyes off the student, and I directed all of my questions at the student. When even at the end of the interview, when I when it came down to. Um, my saying as I always do that if you have any questions, please feel free to call me back. I reach in my drawer and take out a business card so the phone number, you know, so they have the phone number, and I hand it to the student, and the mother reaches over to grab the business card. Mm-hmm. And I actually push my hand past hers and, and make sure that the student takes it, and the mother says, Can I have one too? You know, <laughs> and then I actually said,
1: She isn't going to give ground very easily I asked, here, I Dr. Actually,
0: Lewis. In this case, I actually said to the student, your mother's answering all the questions for you, isn't she? Wonderful. You and name the, st- the issue. Oh, sure. And the student said, "Oh, yes, she always does." Yeah. You know, and I said, "You know, she's not going to be able to do that here at the university." Yeah. You know, and um, so it remains to be seen how well the student does. I've not had her in class yet. I yeah. hopefully she will do well, but she will have to overcome. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to call it over-parenting or over-protectiveness. This is not a malicious parent.
1: So let me be that parent for a moment, and mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'll say to you...
2: Hey, i got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad, and then Alan will be back. Romance. Oh, I wish guys knew more about what we want from a relationship. <laughs> Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Ah, here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance. A serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Hmm. The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting
1: so let me be that parent for a moment and, mm-hmm. and i'm and i'll say to you you know my parents never took an interest in me and i want to make sure that i'm involved in my daughter's life so that's why i'm sitting here in the office with you and you're, you're treating me like there's something wrong with me and and i'm a very you don't understand me miss dr lewis i am a very loving parent and and, and i'm trying to help her i'm trying to help give her guidance in life
0: well I'm, i'll answer this a bit hypothetically because i'd never let a, you know a, a conversation get that confrontational but but if a stu- but if a parent did say that or if, or if you asked me to answer what the parent is thinking i'd say oh certainly we understand this this is not a matter of you doing something malicious or you wanting to you know to hurt your your child Okay, it's a matter of you wanting to do the right thing, but you need to think about what the right thing is. Eventually, when, uh, when, when this young woman goes out into the world and gets married or, or starts a career, it's going to have to be up to her to make the effort to see you as much as for you to see her. And in order for, you, for her to be in the situation where she wants to do that, you have to cut some strings with her you, know, you, have you to, don't you,
1: understand she's not used to making decisions I mean I she needs me
0: well let's put it this way she if she needs you part of the reason is because you haven't given her a chance okay not to need you
1: my guess is the parent already knows that on an implicit level of course
0: yeah yes. of course you know and no conversation would ever get this far yeah and and believe me we're talking about a, a young woman and a parent who appear to me to have a very good relationship.
1: Yeah, so it, it wasn't one of these suffocating moms or the stage moms who were you know, saying, You're going out on stage. And the daughter you know, well, I don't
0: want a mommy. <laughs> you know, as much as I can tell in three minutes in an office, it didn't appear that way. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, um, I don't think we should talk about, well, not that we shouldn't talk about them, we shouldn't focus on the terrible parents. You know, the more important issue is the parents who are good parents. But and making, but allow their
1: children mistake. to have independence. In the last minute, yeah. if you could give some pointers to parents of college-age students that all of us could really learn from because the principles are very broad, what are, what are two or three pointers that you would give them in terms of helping their children become more independent?
0: Well, the one thing is to differentiate, make certain that you're there for the child, or for the student, you know, if, this, if the young person needs you. Make sure you're there. Don't cut them off. But don't push yourself on them. The student has to select the courses, for example, for herself or for himself. And it has to do that because when she sits in the classroom taking those courses, you can't be there for her to take her exams.
1: So to give her some breathing room and some practice in the skills of making her own choices. Now, what if she makes a mistake?
0: She makes mistakes. I made mistakes. You made mistakes. What's the problem with a mistake? You make a mistake and you correct it.
1: Okay, so she learns how to deal with mistakes. That's part of the learning process. How is
0: she going to know it's a mistake if she doesn't have a chance to evaluate it for herself?
1: Right. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today.
0: For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad.
2: Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, The Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke.
1: Your romantic partner cannot also be your therapist. The roles are totally different. Your partner can be understanding and supportive, but cannot be responsible for your mental health. If you're riddled with self-doubts, fears, and anxieties, don't ask your partner to put you together again. That is your job, along with the help of a professional. Mental health is important, and psychological problems can be resolved. If you seek professional help, put in the effort and do the introspective work. You need not remain a mystery to yourself. You'll acquire the ability to remove the barriers to your happiness and you'll make yourself more lovable.
2: You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.